0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Lyrically, I'm uh, untouchable, uncrushable. Running in a six hundred. Running in a six
2: hundred. Untouchable, uncrushable. Running in a six hundred. run it in a six hundred. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Punch the Face Radio. I'm your host, Brandon Stubbs. Appreciate you joining me here this evening. Uh, Tonight, we're going to talk about last weekend's fights with Ray Beltran finally winning a championship, uh, how we have kind of a mess now at the World Boxing Super Series with injuries and uh, people being sick with flus. Uh, We'll touch on bases on that. We'll also talk about Danny Garcia pretty much soul-snatching Brandon Rios in the aftermath of Kenny and Sean Porter evading the ring and Jim Gray putting him in the place. We'll also be joining hour number two by Tom Leffler. But calling in right now is someone who's a repeated guest here on the show that we love on the show. Hopefully, they can actually hear me uh, as uh, we're bringing them on. Is the uh, CEO of Main Events, the one and only Kathy Duva. Kathy, can you hear me?
0: Yes, I can, Brandon. How are you?
2: Yes, we have the, the one and only Kathy Duva on the show. Uh, big weekend for you next week. Uh, so we appreciate you taking our time and joining the show to talk about uh, some Sergey Kovalev. Uh, some Dimitri Buev versus uh, Sullivan Barrera. We're excited about this card. So, what's going on, man? <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, it's just, it's a typical you know week before the fights. Everybody's busy. Everybody's got a lot of work to do, and uh, you know we we started having some press events, and uh, everybody's generally this card's being very well received. We're very happy about it.
2: Now, let's kind of start off there that, you know, the fact that you're going to have a card here March 3rd that's going to be live on HBO, uh, two title fights in my heavyweight division. Um, you know, we knew that this was going to be a date you had set. We knew this here uh, Thanksgiving weekend after Kovalev uh, got back on track and, and won. Um, mm-hmm. How disappointed were you in regards to, you know, how the business of boxing is that there's going to be another event, which will rename named nameless, uh, that will be happening in the same city on the same date? Um, how thrown off were you when you actually heard that, and did that kind of dampen your spirits at all, or just kind of took it as being the business of boxing today?
0: Yeah, you know, I learned a long time ago, you just you can't get upset over things you can't control. Um, and to be honest, I was more upset about it when it happened than I am now. Um, you know, as it turns out, this hasn't hurt our sales teams at all. Um, we're, we've already sold more tickets than we did for the whole show last time. <laughs> Um, you know, they, they went out of the gate really fast. Uh, we have a, a really strong local card with a lot of local fighters who move tickets. And uh, we think of it, uh, all of our shows as being more of the experience of the whole night, not just there to see one fighter. And so um, the combination of the strong uh, HBO card, you know, we're, we're calling it the light heavyweight division collision because we see so many good fighters in this division who are now, all going to be taking their you know one by one stepping up and trying to 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 take uh, take on sergey um, you know a combination of, of of those two strong fights on the card that are very interesting and then um, so many so many good young fighters underneath. I think the fans who really know boxing oh, they are showing with their dollars that they want they want to come and see our show, so we're pretty happy about it
2: but well, that's a good deal now, like we said, you know we knew this fight was going to happen, You she had this date saved. Uh, Sergey Kovalev looked to be back as being the crusher uh, when we saw him here Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, he looked to be back to his normal, confident self. Um, you know, we had mm-hmm. spoke beforehand, before that fight, that you kind of could see the, the change in him. He seemed a lot almost clear ahead or almost, I don't want to say accepting of what happened with the Andre Ward fights, but more more on the line of moving on from it and looking to see what's down the road for, from him, uh, for him, for that matter. So with that yeah. being stated... Are we going to see even more of this even more growth from him this time around uh, as he said to defend his WBO championship? I hope so. Um, you know, he
0: gave an interview the other day where he was talking about how his uh his new Russian coach and he uh have have really kind of flipped the, the model that he'd been operating under. Um uh, he, he He talks about how much better it is to be spoken to in his own language, uh, how the two of them can see eye to eye so much better. Um, It's turned out to be a good situation for him. He is, uh, you know, it's funny, again, you know, with perspective, you learn that when the worst thing in the world happens, finally, you find out that you get up the next day and you move on. And um, what that's, you know, is called is perspective and growth and, and maturity. And I think that's absolutely what happened to Sergey. You know, you're holding on to that undefeated record and you're doing you know everything in the world is built around about holding on to it and then suddenly it's gone and then you know you get up the next day and you say, "Okay, I'm still the same person um let let me see what I can do to improve and he has so we hope to see more crushing uh, <laughs> and uh, you know we're we're very excited he's excited uh it's always better to be active if he likes to be active, so we're really happy that you know our next date was so close to the last one we hope to keep this up hope to keep this pace up
2: and as a boxing fan, too, we like seeing that because we know what Sergey Kovalev is going love. And sometimes, you know, matchups, style matchups just don't always work. And, you know, Andre Ward's style matchup might not have worked the greatest for him. So we're glad to see him back to being uh, the crusher. And, you know, his next opponent here is going to be Igor uh, Malkin. And hopefully I'm not he so did that correctly. Um, you know, he's not a. McCalkin. not known for his. <laughs> McCalkin. Uh, he's not known, uh, he's not known for his furious yeah. punching power, per se. Uh, only nine KOs, but, you know, he's a, he's a. Your first time fighting here in America, 21-1, uh, you know, decent decent record, solid fighter, but this is going to be his first exposure to something of this level in this stage. Uh, for me, I always kind of wonder when a fighter fights for the first time overseas coming to America, how they react and how they adapt. Uh, so I hope for his sake he doesn't let the moment get too big for him. He doesn't get steamrolled, but he's the promoter. I know you kind of hope, hey, he gets steamrolled, but <laughs> I think it's going to be a, well, now, a entertaining Well, no, you know, event I, I want last.
0: entertaining fights for the fans, too. and uh, this is a guy who earned his shot. Just because we haven't seen him here doesn't mean that, he, you know, he didn't earn it. He is the kind of fighter that most guys try to avoid. He's a, a boxer, and he's a southpaw, and, you know, these are difficult problems for most fighters to solve. Sergey has stepped up time and again and taken on guys like that. Um, and, and as you see, you know, you mentioned Ward, uh, you know, not having the best style for her, nor did Isaac Chalimba, nor did Cedric Agnew. You know, there's a whole list of guys that Sergei's fought who are not, you know, your ideal opponent is going to just stand in front of you. Um, this guy's not going to just stand in front of him. But he but he's he, he earned his shot, uh, as Sergei says. You know, they're Russian. They're both Russian. They, they have this... Um, this pride in their country and in, the, and in their their selves and they want they want to win, so they're going to he's going to put it all out there, and we really won't know what he has until he gets in the ring and shows us so that's what it's all about you know there's a lot of Americans who been offered this fight and turned it down, so uh, you know you got to give the guy some credit for, for for having the courage to come here and
2: do it uh, absolutely now, I will say this the fight that i 'm looking most forward to, and I honestly think it's going to steal the show uh, Dimitri versus Sullivan. Uh, th- mm-hmm. this fight it- it's it's going to be I think it's going to steal the show I-, I honestly think and I'm going to put this out here and I'm not just saying this because you're a I think it's going to be one of those fights that it-, it could be an early contender fight of the year I think style matchup wise they they match up greatly and you know mm-hmm. Barrera's going to give Dimitri his first I think real legitimate test not only as a professional fighter but obviously now as a champion so this is something I'm looking extremely forward to um so, I, I mean, I, I got to ask you this, you know, in this regard, because, you know, we've heard Sullivan say he was off for Kovalev, but I, I'm glad that this fight with Dimitri got made instead, instead of him facing Kovalev off the top. So, obviously, we have some more to follow in regards to Sullivan, but when it comes to this matchup, how great of a matchup do you see this being comes, uh, come next weekend? Yeah, I think
0: you're right, and... um what we got was a 50-50 fight. Let's face it, there's nobody, you know, outside of Ward who would be in a 50-50 fight with Sergey Kovalev right now. So uh, Selvin choosing to fight to fight B-ball really uh, gave gave us as fans fancy opportunity, you know, to see him test this young gun that's coming up, who everybody says is the future. And uh, it will it will be a, a great yardstick for us to see, uh, what, you know, whether or not vol is hype or whether he's real. And you're right, it could turn into a fight of the year because of the way they both fight. Um, Bivol thinks of himself, you know, as more uh, of a stylist, more of that at all. You know, certainly Sullivan is the bull that's going to be coming in all the time and, and trying to uh, trying to have his way with him. But uh, we've seen Sullivan before. He's always exciting. He's always fun. He's always, all the fights he's been in have been, you know, riveting <laughs> uh, because he's, he's just... Uh, <laughs> He's that guy who, you know, you may knock him down, but he gets up, and then what are you going to do? And that's kind of, uh, you know, what we've come to see and what we've come to expect from him. Uh, the first time I ever saw Sullivan fight was in 2011, and uh, I, saw, I saw a clip of him fighting on a Univision show, and I just said, oh, we, we need to get this guy. And people probably don't remember, but when we had our NBC series back in, in, uh, in 2012, he, he fought in the first, uh, on the first card. And on the first televised fight there. And so he 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 left main events for a while after that, and he came back, and he's he's been always he's never disappointed. He always gets in the ring and puts out a, a tremendous effort, and he makes fans every time he fights. So we're looking forward to it, too. I think it's going to be a great night.
2: Now, in regards to Sullivan Barrero, we, we've we seen him towards the end of last year and even the early part of this year uh, kind of do some complaining on social media in regards to money that was being offered. I know even during the conference call last week, it's brought back up again. Have you and your team sat down with his team yet to discuss any of this? Has any of this been cleared up amongst the, the two groups or is this something you're gonna wait till maybe after the fight time after the fight here next weekend to kinda of sit down and, and kinda of hash everything out amongst the two parties?
0: Um, first of all, we don't negotiate directly with Sell, we, we, we negotiate with his management. And uh that's that's how it works. And uh, you know, I mean, even even on the conference call the other night, Sullivan said, you know, well, of course, I love being on the main event. Um, we sort of have the relationship that when it comes time, it, we, let's put it this way, I think we all like each other very much. When the time comes to negotiate, you know, you're on opposite sides all the time. And um, I, I, I I hear him, I understand, I realize, you know, he, he wants more and more and more. He was he, offered more money than, to fight Kovalev than anyone that Kovalev fought other than uh, Pascal and Ward and, you know, Pascal and, Pascal in particular, you know, Hopkins, you know, they brought their own uh, their, their own fan followings with them and, and, and revenue that came with them. Um, that's just a fact. And whatever, you know, I've, I've again, learned it's, it's almost 40 years of doing this, um, we're never going to make everybody happy. Uh, we do our best. And in the end, usually, you know, when the time comes to sit down, uh, we're able to all see eye to eye and, and hash things out. And I imagine... Um, that that will happen here too. Sullivan decided to take the gamble that if he wins here, he'll get offered even more to fight Code 11, and that, that's probably correct. So, um, you know, I I I think you have to give him credit. You know, particularly in this day and age, when a fighter decides he wants to take on a real challenge, um, and and because he thinks there's something you know better for him down the road if he if he if he succeeds. So, uh, his fate's in his hands,
2: and we're all going to get to watch. Absolutely. Like I said, I think that's going to be the, the fight of the night, and that's definitely going to steal the show. But mm-hmm. as you also pointed out when you were talking about this card here again, that's going to be March 3rd, HBO, um, next Saturday night. Also, there are tickets still available, so you know definitely check with the massacre Square box office if you're there in the New York tri-state area. Go out and support My Lady Kathy Dubin' main events. Uh, but you also said you got a lot of local talent on there, and you also have another guy that I am particularly smitten with. I will openly admit uh, that I like the violence that he brings in ring. <laughs> Vaughn Alexander, <laughs> uh, he's going to be featured on the card. We've had him here on the guest on show. Oh, he's yeah. a phenomenal talent, and I- I'm glad he's getting that exposure. Uh, Frank Larson is going to be on the card. Uh, Cassius Cheney's on the card. Yep. So you've really loaded it up with a lot of your talent. You know, how important is it to, obviously you want to keep all your fighters busy as humanly possible, but for them to be on a card like this with Sergey Kovalev and another title fight as well, give them that exposure maybe them getting, uh, seen by other media outlets that they may not be particularly seen So, you know, how important is it them to get that exposure on a cart like this come next weekend?
0: Oh, you know, this one in particular, we've got 11 fights because just about everybody's fighting. I think I only got like one guy under contract that's not fighting on this club. Um, and, and so Ismail Villarreal is another guy from the Bronx. He turned the phone on our last show. He's coming back. Um, Matty Araskia from Kazakhstan. Will be will be fighting. He's been out for a little while with an injury. He's always exciting and always a lot of fun. Um, uh, Lashawn Rodriguez, who uh, is is again from New York. And uh, the first time I laid eyes on him, I just said, "This guy's the truth. This guy can fight. He's going to be a big star someday." He's he's a you know at this point a junior middleweight. He's eight zero oh with seven knockouts. And he talks about how he likes to knock people out, um, and he and he proves it every time. Um, you know, you mentioned Cassius Nareem Nursultanov who uh, from Kazakhstan who, who appeared on our last card at the Garden, five and zero with four knockouts, another tremendous fighter who's gonna move very quickly. Um, he's a middleweight. Um, back who who is a fighter that we promote with Sergei, another big knockout puncher from Grozny, Russia and uh sergey has another uh friend alexei evichenko who's going to be fighting on the card from his hometown in Chelyabinsk. and then the others you mentioned um you know as i said golarza who who you know the, the place is always electric when he fights because he brings half the audience with him and uh, Vaughn, who is going to be another another guy who's going to be a star and, and he's going to be making his real coming out in 2019 and uh, his you know this will be his his uh First appearance at the garden since I believe uh, what was the story that that he had, he had fought there once uh, his first fight or something there before before he got arrested and went away. Uh, so uh, you know,
2: he fought there back in for a, for 04. Yeah, he fought back in 04 at yeah. the garden. Yeah,
0: yeah. So he'll be back there for the first time, and uh, we're all you know looking forward to see more and more actions from him. He's always a lot of fun to watch. So we've got a, a group of really good fighters. They're all up you know, Jolene always outdoes herself. She's found competitive opponents for all of them. You know, for the mo- for the place they're at right now in their careers. And um, you know, the last show was was built a lot like this one. Uh, the, the, it was so well received. You know, it, it's nice. You know, when we went away for a while, there had these shows in Vegas where people don't show up until the main event's ready to start. Um, you go you go into into the theater at the Square Garden. The seats are full for the first fight, and uh, it was really nice see them out, uh, see the fans out, having a great time, watching every fight because they're all worth it. And, you know, that's the kind of night we, we think it's going to be. And then, you know, we, we, we finish it with the uh, with this wonderful appetizer of of, uh, of, of this b barrera fight and the main course of Kovalev and, and, and uh, the Kalkin. And, you know, again, this is, I think, White Heavy is probably one of the two or three most competitive divisions in the sport, and there's just so many terrific fights to look forward to in the next couple of years involving, uh, you know, perhaps
2: all of these guys. Just good. Now, yeah, definitely, definitely. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's glad to see that you've got, you know, like you said, pretty much all your roster going to be a part of this card, 11 fight cards. So people in New York definitely get out early to see. And I couldn't agree with you more. When I'm out in Vegas, it's nothing more annoying to me. If you're spending all that money to buy a ticket to watch a fight, but you come when there's a fight and a half left, I've never understood that. Whatever. I, maybe I'm just cheap. Or maybe I'm just a hardcore fight fan.
0: Whatever. <laughs> Well, it's terrible for the fighters. I feel so bad for them. <laughs> they get all excited. They're going to be on this big world title card, you know, pay per view card, whatever. They're they're fighting in an empty room. I, I remember going to the the, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight and going and sitting in the stands with Sergey early to watch a um, uh, Vasyl Lomachenko fight. We were like it was us and the and the, uh, and the and the people who worked for the commission. I don't think anybody else was in the room. <laughs> And it's a shame, it's crazy. You, know, he's this, you know, masterful, beautiful fighter who's, who's in the ring and nobody saw him. And, um, and and all of these guys from, you know, from Ishmael having a second pro fight, you know, all the way up to Vaughn who's ready to, you know, on the brink of stepping up and really, you know, really making a mark on um, everybody in between. It's, it's nice to see them when they're starting out and be able to say in two or three years, yeah, I saw him when he was, you know, when he was just beginning and, and, and follow their careers and you know, that's that's to me, that's part of what makes us uh, interesting and fun. Uh, if, if all I did was show up for the main event, I I, just, I don't get it. I don't. I, I like you. I I want to know. You know, I, I want to see all these other people, and I want them to have somebody appreciate the effort they're putting out because the guys in the four rounders are working just as hard as the guys in the main event, and they have just as much on the line in their minds. Um, and, you know, and that's something we all forget, but especially these young guys that really have a future, and all, all of the guys on this card do, um, you know, it's do or die for them every time. And uh, we want to, you know, we want to to know that, that they're appreciated. And so when you have a crowd applauding and, and paying attention and yelling for you, I, I think it makes the whole experience a lot better for the
2: fighters. Absolutely. But that also shows that you're doing your job as a promoter to make sure that these events are going on in places to where, fans are going to show up and show up in a timely fashion to to watch these cars. So kudos to you and your team for actually making sure that this is being planned correctly because you and I both know, you know, a lot of promoters don't don't do their due diligence and have events in places where the fighters may not draw. But you're doing the smart thing and having a fight there in the garden. New York's a fight town. Like you said, it's another car going on across town that didn't hurt your movement at all in what you're doing. So kudos to you and your team for what you're doing with that. Thank
0: you. You know, there's a there's a Jolie. There, there was a pullout on the corner and an opponent. Jolie was, was, you know, making her calls today and, and got a hold of one a potential fighter who you know might have, might have been, you know, that she was looking at to take the place of who the fighter who pulled out. And he, the guy says, "Where's the fight?" And she says, "Madison Square Garden." The guy goes, "Holy crap!" <laughs> he got all the, <laughs> like, you know, it's Madison Square Garden. It's a big deal. It <laughs> some Exactly. Pirata, I mean. You know, we we forget about that because we're too close, but that's a big deal. And I think that's part of it, too. Listen, you know, they, God bless them in Brooklyn and all they've done. They've done a lot of, you know, a lot of boxing, and I, I may not always understand what, what they're trying to accomplish, but nevertheless they're doing it. But, boy, this is Madison Square Garden. Like, you want to go to a fight, too, so you got to go. <laughs> I mean, exactly. I remember the I first mean, time it's... I went to a fight in bar, and it was in the '70s. <laughs> it feels like it was yesterday. I took a picture of Joe Frazier when he walked past me. I couldn't believe it was you know, I was breathing the same air. It, it was just, uh, um, it's, it's a magical place. It really is.
2: It is definitely <laughs> on you have the to bucket go list. It. Yeah, it's on the bucket mm-hmm. list to go experience it. That and now the the new uh, redone form over there in Los Angeles. I definitely want to go to mm-hmm. those two places and watch a fight. And if they ever have another mega fight down in Dallas, down the Cowboys Stadium, I would love to be in that atmosphere. So only a handful on the bucket mm-hmm. list. I've done Vegas countless times. It's now the Garden is somewhere I have to be. I have to see a fight there and experience that. You but do. fans of New York, again, <laughs> they can experience this fight here next, next Saturday, March the 3rd, HBO, if you can't make it to the Garden to watch the fights live. Two title fights, like I said, a fight of the year candidate. And uh, with Dimitri and Sullivan, I, I think that's going to be a flat-out war. I think fans are going to enjoy that. And I also think Sergey is going to go out and do his thing. I, I think what we saw mm-hmm. in November of Sergey is, is the rebirth of the, the Crusher, mm-hmm. and boxing needs that. The division needs that. I can't stress that enough. Think the division think really needs really. Sergey.
0: <laughs> uh, Sergey is like so, must-see TV, you know what? <laughs> Everybody who, who's in the division, they're looking up at him. <laughs> <laughs> he's the manager.
2: exactly he's
0: and uh, he's the, he's the uh, bear and he's now had, having the opportunity to be able to plant our flag at the garden and keep bringing him back there, which you know they're happy with us they're they're already saying you know if we're successful on Saturday, let's talk about you know coming back again um, We didn't have that luxury before he was chasing everybody all over the globe. He had to go to Wales to fight Nathan Clearly. He had to fight Bernard Hopkins in Philly. He had to go to uh, Canada to fight Pascal. You know, uh, the works fight you know, ended up in Vegas. You know, he, he didn't have the luxury to be able to say, no, no, I'm just going to fight in this one place. Now you will come to me. Now that he's there, the Russian community in New York is really starting to, uh, to respond, um, having several other Russians and we have stuff that the ambassador from Kazakhstan coming to the site. You know, the, the, the Kazakhstani community is getting involved. Uh, we've got people in the Korean community that are coming out now and starting to learn about the nature of evil because his his uh, ethnic heritage is Korean. Um, and then all the Russians, you know, it, it's, a, it's a big UN there of all kinds of people. And um, they, they they really, you know, they get into it. They're enthusiastic. Everybody's having a really good time. It's a great night. It really is. I'm really proud to be, uh, to be able to present
2: it. And hey, man, you do a good job of what you do, man, and that's why we like having you here on the show. Uh, we, we always support what you guys are doing at made events because you seem like to be doing it right. And as a boxing reporter and more of a fan before anything, we appreciate that because what you put into the sport is what you get out, and you put a lot into it, and we hope that you're getting – uh, some in received from us the boxing fans in the boxing community. So you do a great job, oh, and I thanks. always will stress that when I have you here on the show because I'm a huge fan. Anytime you take out your time to come talk to us, we appreciate that. The people appreciate that because I'm getting some some Twitter uh, DMs right now. Uh, one thing, one question they do want to ask, and I before we let you go is, in any way, mm-hmm. shape, or form, do you will you or because really you could have you know champions, several champions here. Uh, at the light heavyweight division, will, how closely will your team and main events be watching Adonna Stevenson and Badu Jack and hoping Badu Jack wins so that title is no longer held captive <laughs> up in Canada?
0: They <laughs> do the only shot, sir, he never has to try to fight for it. So, I like, guess we should be rooting for that. Because we all know Stevenson is so
2: interested. So, yeah, I've got to read it. Yeah, exactly. he's yeah. <laughs> you not know, It's, it's a weird if, thing.
0: If Jack wins, I'll be calling the. <laughs> that was
2: <mandatory. laughs> it's a very weird thing that a lot of people in boxing and you know even reporters are saying they really hope jack wins just just because that belt won't be held captive and won't just be yeah. stuck there and getting you know mandatory defenses against people who have no reason to get those title shots so you know it could open mm-hmm. up a lot and open up a lot more possibilities here in the division if jack is able to win you're gonna have you're gonna have two champions. Uh, here uh, with main events. So, you know, it can be great things for the light heavyweight division as 2018 uh, goes on here throughout the year. So, again, we're looking forward to next weekend here live on HBO. And, and Kathy, man, I appreciate you taking our time coming on the show. Uh, And we'll make sure we'll give our official fight picks here on next week's show ahead of the fight. But I think the fans already know what way I'm leaning towards uh, in regards to those fights. But, again, Kathy, we appreciate you taking our time. Uh, Best of luck next week during fight week. It'll be hectic. It'll be crazy. It'll all be worth it.
0: And and thank you for your interest because without guys like you, you know, we'd have nobody to appreciate what we do. So thank you. And, and, uh, And man, this is what we're here
2: for. This is we're we're here for the people. And, you know, you're welcome back anytime. And main events fighters are always welcome here as well.
0: Well, we'll be sending a few few more your way. You know that. Thank you. Take care.
2: Absolutely. Take care. Bye-bye. All right, big thank you again to Kathy Duva, CEO of Main Adventure, joining us here on the show. Uh, Like I said, man, big show here tonight. We've got just at Kathy Duva. We're going to have Tom Leffler here in about maybe 45 minutes to talk about Superfly here that goes down this weekend. Uh, Next weekend show, next week's show, not next weekend's show, next week's show be joined back by Adam Obama with a.k.a. SN Boxing. Uh, We'll give our official fight picks here uh, for, obviously, the card on HBO. Uh, Like I said, there will also be another card in New York as well, but in Brooklyn. Uh, we'll talk about regards to the heavyweight division. So me and I will break all those fights down here next week, uh, a part of next Wednesday's Sports to Face Radio. But here for this week, uh, we got a lot to get into here before Tom Lefler joins us. Uh, let me first start off here with Ray Beltran. We're going to kind of work in chronological order here. Uh, this past weekend on Friday night, Ray Beltran finally won a championship. Now, this is a guy who kind of got jerked when he fought uh, Burns here, I don't know, about four or five years ago. Probably should have won, but he was over there in the in the UK. You know, shit happens. Unfortunately, uh, he didn't get an opportunity to win that championship when a lot of us thought he'd got enough uh, to capture that belt. But uh, after some issues in regards to drug tests, uh, you know, some tough luck here and there, he finally got an opportunity to fight for a vacant title, uh, the WBO title here this past Friday night uh, on um, on um, ESPN, part of Top Rank's uh, deal with ESPN. Um, he looked. Okay, against uh, Paulus Moses, but I will say this, and I think every, all of us can agree there. He took a lot more punishment than he should have. Um, it was a very grueling fight where he was able to edge and get a unanimous decision after 12 rounds and capture the vacant WBO lightweight title. So, with that being stated, you know, I really hope for Ray Beltran's sake, we can stop with the narrative in regards to him and his. Uh, legal status here in America. We've had a lot of issue, not a lot of issues, but a lot of talk throughout the fight card on Friday night that it was more centered around him and his his green card status and whether he's going to get citizenship and work visas and all that instead of him being a fighter. Now I understand in today's day and age it's a, su- a sensitive subject. Uh, we you know we have people you know immigration cracking down and all this stuff, but. You know, a lot of times some of us just want to watch boxing, and this is something, unfortunately, when Ray Beltran's fights have been brought up, especially the last two or three fights, it's been kind of jammed down our throats in regards to this, and hearing Mark Kriegel constantly bring it up and talk about it uh, throughout the actual fight itself was, a, was very much a turnoff. Uh, I, I really hope now that narrative can be done and we can talk about him as a champion and what he's going to do as being a champion. Now, there's already talk about him being Saudi Lomachenko's opponent here come May. There's still issues with uh, Lomachenko and top rank uh, versus uh, Jorge Linares and Golden Boy. Uh, There's been a lot of bickering back and forth. Um, I have no idea where this is going to go. I don't. And as a boxing fan, um, I really hope Linares and Lomachenko happens but by the sounds of it, it, won't. So what we're going to get instead is we're going to get more than likely Beltran versus Lomanchico because Lomanchico is going to move up in weight. Now, seeing the punishment that he took this past Friday night, I don't want to see him in a ring that quickly. But, unfortunately, I think we're going to get that just because of, you know, just the nature of the business. You know, Bob Aaron is going to more than likely keep it in-house and not um, – not, not expose Lomachenko or have to pay anybody anything extra if he didn't have to. So keep in the house, keep the money all there, boom, make the fight, uh, easy go. So that's something we'll have to wait and see how that plays out. But uh, Beltran is now a champion here uh, in the lightweight division. Um, how long that title reign will be is, is questionable. Uh, obviously, if he's able, um, you know, if he's fighting Lomachenko, Lomachenko's going to come in as the favorite. Uh, in a fight like that which is kind of sort of a shame that you're already downgrading uh, a champion this quickly um, I would say obviously out of the champions there within the division he's probably looked upon as being the, uh, the weakest of the champions or title contenders for that matter uh, let's face it there's a lot of uh, moving parts there in the division in regards to uh, champions and who's you know who's doing what where but nevertheless you know he is a title holder now so we wish him the best of luck with that. And again, we want that narrative to stop in regards to him talking about uh, his immigration status. Please stop it, especially you, Mark Kriegel. Stop it. Um, that now takes us to uh, the, the next fight, if we're going to go here in chronological order. Uh, the fight we had here Saturday afternoon here in the States uh, was a phenomenal fight we got to watch across the pond. Uh, George Groves versus Christian Bank Jr. I don't think it went the way we thought it was going to go, truth be told. Um, I honestly thought it was going to end in violent fashion. I thought we were going to see a knockout. We did not end up seeing a knockout. Uh, we ended up seeing levels, and we saw that Chris Eubank can do nothing with a jab. He can't uh, react to it. He doesn't know what to do uh, when a jab is being thrown at him. Couldn't react to it. Uh, did a very poor job uh, of defending it. By the time he was able to do anything with it, it was far too late, and he ended losing on the cards. Now. I got to give a lot of credit to his dad, who was very humbling to him in the end. Uh, when they were backstage, he was cutting off his gloves, and, and the, the reporter was asking, you know, for the, the backstage access documentary that the World Series of Boxing did. Uh, did he think he did, did enough to win? He said, "I thought I did enough to edging in in later rounds." His dad was like, "Nah, not really. He he won the fight. It was a he was a fair fight. He he won the fight." And for you, you like you senior to say that instead of him gassing up his son and saying, yeah, man, you did a great job. You should have won that fight. You got hosed. He gave him the truth. And as a fighter, you need to hear the truth. You need to hear the truth a lot more uh, than just every now and again. You need to hear it far more often than what a lot of fighters are offered. And I thought that was really smart on the dad's part to say it. And let's hope that Eubank Jr. takes that into play and understands the mistakes he made in the fight. He's already back in the gym training, and he may get an opportunity to fight in the final because we've got a lot of wackiness going on there. Now, unfortunately, during the 12th round, George Groves dislocated his shoulder. Now, as far as what his status is right now, we don't know. We don't know you know, what his what status is going to be, if he's going to be available come May. It's just not known right now. Uh, it's it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's far too in far in advance uh, to to make that prediction. However, there is already a shift and a change in the other semifinal. Kellum uh, Smith was set to face our uh, uh Balmer here this Saturday. That fight will now not happen. Kellum uh, Smith is going to stay on the card. Still going to fight the semifinal. and say he's going to be facing Nikki Hol- Holkinson. I know I'm bad with these international names, um, because Ballmer ended up getting sick with the flu, uh, subsequently, so he said, "Hey, I know I'm not going to have the energy. I know I'm not going to be myself to be in that fight and take that fight." You know, so he's dropping out. Now, as far as uh, Nikki goes, hopefully I'm not saying that right. He's actually a former kickboxer. I actually came in uh, to boxing late. He didn't actually turn pro. Uh, until uh, 2013. He's 34 years old. He does hold a 13-0 record, 10 KOs, but, you know, nothing that's – he's more known over there in the U.K. This is going to obviously be his biggest um, biggest bout of his career, you know, the biggest test of his career, uh, being a former kickboxer, now moving into the professional boxing realm, being pro here, you know, barely five years. Uh, for Kellum Smith, man, this is, a, this is a tricky fight. Now, obviously on paper, he's going to be the uh, all's on favorite. You know, he's going to be the uh, the favorite to win. He should win. He's a more experienced fighter. He should win. But when you're getting a opponent change literally the week of, you know, that can be tough. You know, he didn't find out about his opponent changing until uh, this Monday, the fight's on Saturday. So you go for weeks knowing who your opponent's going to be, and preparing for that particular style, two on a week's notice, not only having to uh, get yourself prepared for the weight and to make sure that your own weight uh, come Friday weigh-in, but now also have to concentrate and figure out uh, how to game plan for a different opponent. Very tough situation for Kellum Smith to be in, uh, but again, he should be able to pull out on top. Now, what could this mean for the final? In re- reality, we could have um, a replacement for George Groves due to his shoulder versus... Um uh, like I said, Miguel Holkin, Did that say enunciated? We could have that as a final. We can or you know, we could have Chris Bay Jr. jump in. We just don't know. We don't know what's gonna happen in regards to George Grove's situation. So again, it just makes for a very odd, odd case uh for for the uh, World Boxing Super Series. So I mean they've got a mess on their hands right now at one sixty eight. Um God bless them for it. I mean, I think they'll be able to get it figured out. I think we'll still get a decent final. It just may not be the final that we envisioned it would be. So, and people are already making the claim of saying, you know, George Groves could just skip the final, you know, with injury, not take it, and then, you know, maybe go after a higher opponent or go after another one of the champions here at 168. Uh, you know, David Benavides is a champion. Maybe try to go after him. um, um, you know, we got um Gilberto Ramirez also is a title holder. Maybe, you know, try to go after one of those titles uh instead of, you know, waiting around and worrying about the war boxing super series. So I mean people are already kind of throwing that conspiracy out there that Grove should uh just skip it set on an extra month or so uh, with the injury and maybe go after another fight and not even worry about the semi the finals uh here at the war boxing super series since he's extinguished um Chris Eubank Junior. So Interesting times for the World Boxing Super Series, uh, but again, you know, they put on a great product uh, for anyone who was able to watch the fight. You were able to stream it through their YouTube page, which I thought was incredible, uh, really great for us here in the States because, well, let's face it, we, we, don't, we, we can't see the fights. So, I mean, for us, it was a big deal. We were able to watch the fights and watch the fights live in real time. Uh, I streamed the YouTube channel through my television, through uh, my Amazon Fire Stick. Picture was incredible, no lag. Uh, no sort of issues whatsoever. Um, I, You know, I, I think we're going to get the same here this weekend for this semifinal about as well, which I'll definitely try to watch. So, I mean, it's really innovative of them that, you know, since American fans are missing it on television, that we're still able to see it, still overbuild that hype. Still a lot of buzz in regards to the product they're putting out. So nothing but respect and uh, got to commend uh, the World Boxing Super Series and what they're doing in that regard to make sure the fans of boxing are still able to see the fight. So shout-out to them for that. Um, so the next bout we had, um, you know, I, I'm not even going to touch that much on it because, truth be told, it was a very boring card that I fell asleep on. I'm not, uh, I'm not even going to lie about it. Uh, we had the Fox card. We had the headline by Devin Alexander versus Victor Ortiz. Um, from what I was told, because, again, I fell asleep and didn't watch all of the card, all of the fight, all of the men that for that matter, uh, the Ortiz – Devin Alexander fight was actually a pretty good fight. Uh, the Devin Alexander should have won, but that kind of uh, jerked on uh, by the Texas Athletic Commission and the poor judging. Uh, the fight ended up being a draw, which kind of does nothing to for either guy's career. Uh, it, it just pretty much keeps them in the same stagnant level uh, when you have a draw like that. Um, I think I was able to uh, kind of say walk through maybe the first three rounds of the fight and um, wasn't really overly impressed by anything that I saw, and that's the reason it put me asleep. So, yeah, <laughs> there's that. So, no clue what's going to happen next with these guys. They're both Al Heyman guys. Um, I would assume they're not going to do a rematch. Uh, I would assume that they would maybe look to move them in different directions. I don't know, but we'll see. It, it, it's PBC, who knows. Um, but... You know, something else that was kind of disappointing on the card as well is Caleb Plant uh, fought against um, Porky Medina. Uh, Porky Medina looked shot out there. Uh, knee brace was not moving too fluidly. Um, Caleb Plant, you know, won a unanimous decision. Um, it was it was a workmanlike performance on his part. Uh, I think what kind of people what kind of turned people off about this fight it was just the pace of it. Uh, he didn't really show enough of a killer instinct to go out and get the KO and get the finish uh, when he had his man Herb. Uh, Some also kind of question if Caleb Plant has enough punching power uh, to really fend off and make an impact in the middleweight division. So we'll see. It wasn't an eliminator for him, so he is now aligning uh, himself up uh, perfectly uh, to get a title shot here towards the end of this year or next year. I know when he talked on the show, he's probably got one more bout he has to do in regards to that title eliminator that would make him be mandatory. So, he's inching closer and closer to making that a reality for him. So from that aspect, you know, shout out to Kayla Plant uh, for being able to do that. Uh, also winners on the card were Austin Trout. Uh, he got back on his winning ways. He won the NS decision. Uh, Tony Harrison stayed busy fight. He won. Um, uh, Thomas Williams Jr. kind of got jerked on the cards against uh, Humberto Torres. Uh, there's also a women's fight that they didn't air that they should have. Jennifer Hahn uh, defeated and uh, Elizabeth uh, uh, Pio the uh, to retain her IVF uh, Women's uh, Featherweight title. So that was the Fox card. Now, one beef that we did have the Fox card, which I, I was awake to, to witness this, is they had a four-rounder fight that came on, and forgive me if I can't remember who was actually fighting, I was a swing bout that they decided to air before the main event. So Caleb Plant and Porky Medina started off the card, and then they had this weird bout that they aired, you know, 35 minutes before the card was going to start on Showtime that PBC was still putting on. But, of course, the other fight they put on and aired ended up going the full distance. Now, that lead me, led me to believe, yet again, the PBC doesn't know a clue of what they're doing, uh, and the product they put out on Fox is just really horrifically bad. But again, I digress. I don't work for them, whatever. Uh, so the pacing of the car was really poor. A bad job on their part doing that. But again, it's PBC. It is what it is. Uh, we have that happen from time to time when you have PBC cars that come on. So there's that. So whatever. Um, so that was that card there. Like I said, fell asleep. Don't this sounds like I missed much of anything. Then the next card, the final finale of the weekend, was on Showtime out there in Las Vegas. Uh, that was promoted by Mayweather Promotions. Uh, it was a headline card uh, featuring Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios. And uh, then we also had another uh, championship fight where David Benavidez had his uh, rematch against Ronald um, Let's Let's kind of start there with the, uh, with the, um, Benavidez. Benavidez is definitely one of these fighters that we have to keep in mind. He is still so, so young. He's, um, I think he's not even t- he's 21 now, barely 21, 20 you know, 17 KOs, and he has now made won his WBC Super Middleweight Championship and now has defended it uh, for the first time. This time, you know, it was a lot more convincing, unanimous decision. Uh, Garral was, you know, you know, God bless him. The guy was tough. He stayed in there. He's willing to trade, willing to fight, um, but just was completely outgunned. And you could tell it was a huge difference between this fight and the first fight because Benavidez is steadily improving. This kid is steadily getting better. You know, at age 21, you know, these kind of things are going to happen. He's going to only grow and get better as a fighter. And the sky's the limit for the kid, and the thing is that should really scare and worry people is he's kind of growing still into his body. Again, 21 years of age, he's already a champion. He's growing into his body. Uh, this is a guy in a couple of years who will be, obviously, I think he's going to try his best to unify 168, but I can see him being giving a lot of people problems at 175. Uh, maybe in another year or two, but I, I want to see him do more and face other champions here at 168 before we go that far. It's coming to that point. It's coming to that point of, you know, he's going to be one of these guys that you've to keep an eye on uh, at 168 and 175. He's definitely uh, a highly entertaining fighter to watch, and we just saw his growth. Now, unfortunately for him, uh, he did have some hand issues uh, in the fight, kept on going. You know, how long that will keep him out, we'll have to kind of wait and see but I believe uh, we'll probably see him again sometime in the summer. Uh, but, hey, great fighter to watch. Was really impressed by David Benavidez. So, uh, shout-out to him and what he's got going there at 168. Now, also on the card, and I, 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 we were missed if I didn't uh, remember this one, and uh, definitely it opened up the, the Showtime card was uh, uh, Yudonis, your, your you guys, uh, knocking out Ray Robinson, uh, if you haven't seen the, the highlight of it, beautiful knockout uh, by you guys. And, you know, he's 20-3 and three right now. But more importantly, he's kind of gotten on a roll. He's showing that he is now – he's got some momentum behind him. And I, I think he's going to give a lot of fighters at 147 issues. Now, I know people are going to look at that record and say, but he's already lost three fights. Well, you know, he's lost some fights, true, true enough. He's a lower weight classes. He seems to be a little bit more at home at 147. Uh, You know, he's calling out Earl Spence Jr. when fighters don't want to fight Earl Spence Jr. And, you know, there's that. You know, you've got guys who don't want to fight other fighters. He's interested. He's wanting to do that fight. He's wanting to take that fight. So kudos to him because you have far too many guys who just don't want uh, to take the fights. They don't want to do it. So kudos to him. Big win here this past weekend uh, against Ray Robinson, knocking him out. And, again, that leads us to... The finale of the weekend in regards to fights, uh, Danny Garcia versus Brandon Rios. Now, we all knew looking on looking at this fight on paper that it was a clear mismatch. It was a fight that made little to no sense to any of us. Uh, we didn't really get why the fight was happening, why this was something that was being talked about. More importantly that I was really confused on was why in the world was this a WBC title eliminator? I understand from Danny Garcia's aspect, uh, you know, he's a former champion. You know, he's last time he fought, he was actually, you know, trying to unify the belts and lost his WBC title. So I, I got it from his aspect. The Brandon Reels part, I didn't get. And that's no disrespect to Brandon, but he's only had one fight after being out, uh, I think, two years or so. Didn't really understand how he could be in a title eliminator. But, you know, it is what it is. It's WBC – They don't ever make any sense. I think we all uh, understand and acknowledge that here in boxing. But uh, to bring everybody else's credit, you know, he hung in there. He fought gallantly, valiantly, excuse me, um, in the fight, and he just, it's one of those things to where he just didn't have it, and he didn't have enough punching power at 147 to keep, Danny Garcia off of him. He landed some shots. Uh, you know, you could definitely tell he where he touched up Danny. Um, he definitely landed some shots and got his his thing in. But you know, it, it was not to the extent of where he did a enough to really stop uh, Danny Garcia from coming forward. It was a you know, Danny Garcia was able to knock him out in the ninth round. Uh, you know, kudos to Brandon Rios for getting up from the count. Uh, but even more to the ref who said, no, you just don't have it, and didn't want to have him go back out there and suffer another another hit. But he got up, and we've seen lesser fighters not get up. Uh, we know what kind of fighter Brandon Rios is. This guy's blood, blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, he goes out, he fights, he fights hard. And it's, it's a shame that we're still, you know, we, we kind of worry about his health uh, from being in the, the amount of wars he's been in. And he was kind of and another war here this past Saturday before getting knocked out that how much this may be taken off the tread off the tires, you know, at age 31, you have to wonder, uh, you know, what's left for Brandon Rios? You know, he said he's going to go back and he's going to game plan. Um, He's definitely going to go back and and go back to the drawing board. He did look, you know, it was good to see him back with, um, you know, with um, Robert Garcia Good to see him back with that team because those guys are his family. Uh, he acknowledges it. Garcia acknowledges it. It's good to see Mikey Garcia back there with him. You know, when we had Brandon on the show, he said Mikey Garcia is the hardest puncher he's ever faced in ring or in sparring. And, you know, it's good to see that family environment back around him. We just hope for Brandon Rios' sake he doesn't continue to go out and suffer any more undefeated punishment in ring. But he's a grown man. Uh, We know this guy has a set of brass balls on him that we can never question. This guy is one of the toughest fighters you will ever come across in life. So to Brandon Rios, man, salute to you. Best of luck going forward. Um, But, you know, I just don't want to see you take much more punishment in ring than you need to. However, there's always a however to all of that. There is now no reason whatsoever Brandon Rios versus Victor Ortiz should not happen. Uh, there's nothing stopping this fight from happening. They're both hangman fighters. There's no reason whatsoever why we should see these two fight. Let's face it, what other choices do they have? Victor Ortiz has had a draw with Devin Alexander. I don't think that's going to be anything fans are going to be clamoring for. Uh, If they can find Devin Alexander another fight, even more of an elevated fight, I think he would be willing to move on. Brandon Rios is coming off of a knockout loss. Uh, While his name still has drawing power, it's you know, kind of clear that he may not be able to truly contend with the top fighters at 147, um, and that's the weight that he's going to be more comfortable with than instead of fighting at 130, instead of fighting at 140. So 147 is going to be his home remaining part of his career. Why not make this fight? They don't like each other. There's beef from years of uh, of them being me- um, amateurs uh, back in the days when they lived in Kansas. You know, make the fight. I think this is a fight that even still with both these gentlemen coming off losses that boxing fans will set, pay, and watch. I, I personally, I, and I, I said this jokingly, but I that mean, mean it, if you want to um, put this fight on pay-per-view, I would probably give you at least $35. If you put it on pay-per-view right now, 34 I'm going to buy it. Uh, if you say $45 in, in, pay, in uh, HD, I may consider it at that point. This is a fight I would want to see because... I think it would be extremely violent. Somebody's going to get worked, and it would settle this long-running beef uh, between these two gentlemen. So, I hope it happens. We'll see. Uh, but you know, until then, we kind of got to sit on our hands and see what ha- happens uh, with both fighters going forward. Then that brings us to what happened after the fight. Now, let me first start off by saying, anyone who listens to the show knows or follow me on Twitter, knows, again, if you're not following me on Twitter, you're listening to the show for the first time, Brandon p 2 tf uh, That's p 2 tf as always, uh, the number two. Folks um, who know me know I'm not the biggest of all advocates for Sean Porter. I personally think he's kind of a weirdo. Probably in saying this, he'll never come on the show, which I, I don't really want him to miss a guest anyway, but that's neither here nor there. I've always said, you know, someone who smiles as much as he does, something's got to be wrong with me. This weekend, he wasn't smiling as much. Uh, very frustrated guy. So let, let's let's kind of break down what we saw happen, and then we'll break down the audio. So, you know, after the fight, after Danny Garcia wins, uh, he's about to get interviewed by Jim Gray. Sean Porter is there. Now, early in the evening, Sean Porter had crashed Keith Thurman uh, while Keith Thurman was uh, backstage giving a uh, Q&A uh, to Boxing Reporter, so he was back there. He was back there talking about his return, or lack thereof. We'll diss him another day uh, regards to that because he really gave no answers. But, you know, Sean Porter decided to go back there and crash the event. So after that was done, you know, he comes out to the fight, uh, watches the main event, and decides to crash and ring with Danny Garcia as Danny Garcia is attempting to give his post-fight interview. So here's that. Amir Khan, Lucas Matisse. You think it's your You from Ohio, boy? You're not from Vegas Backyard. Be here. Live here. Work here, train here, live here, I believe here. i come spy your ass and beat your ass, I'm free. Nah, no, we ain't trying to spy. we're trying to make some money. I'm trying to do it for everybody. I'm in trying to do it for everybody. I'll meet mean, I mean, I mean, you on you your gym. I'll meet you on your gym on Monday. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, Sean. Sean, this is Danny's night. Hold on, Sean. Right. Hold on, hold on. Billion House, we don't back down from nobody. Hold on, hold on. We can take it right. in the street if you want to. We can take it in the street. Hold on,
1: hold on. Sean, no, no, Sean,
0: you had
2: your your shot.
1: You had
2: your shot. You had your shot. That's his night. This is Danny Garcia show. Fuck out of here. Well, this is Danny Garcia. That is the Danny Garcia show. Now, I've never been big on entering confrontations. I think it's too pro wrestler-like. I find it to be extremely cheesy across the board. I don't like it. Don't like it. Can't appreciate it. None of it. Don't like it. Don't want it a part of boxing. Uh, I, I just, it, it can lead to too many, too many weird things can happen when you get combustible uh, parts in ring, and when you're talking about grown men who punch each other in the face for a living, you can really get wowed, now, as you, can, as you heard, Jim Gray said you had your turn, um, you know, he, he also told them to get out of the ring and tell them they're a professional, which is all true, uh, it's all facts, you know, The relationship in, I don't know, just Kenny Porter and Sean Porter are just two weirdos to me. Now, I'm surprised Kenny let Sean out late night on a Saturday night to go out to a public event. Well, obviously he let him out because he had to be right beside him. That That in itself I find to be extremely weird. You know, you have a fighter who's, he's the fighter. The dad is the trainer. You know, let Sean Porter live. I don't think this is really his, Sean Porter's demeanor per se. I don't know if this is the guy that we're seeing that we have presented to us on Saturday night, but, um, you know, if this is something your dad's putting you up to to help push you and get a big fight. It's not working. Uh, the buying public is not believing it. And um, it's a shame that, you know, this is what he's kind of been reduced to, that this is what you're seeing out of Sean Porter right now is, the quote-unquote heel version, to use a a wrestling term, the bad guy version of Sean Porter. Now, I completely understand his frustration with not getting a big fight and feeling like, you know, Keith Thurman's ducking him. But on the same token, you have a promoter. You know, and like Keith Thurman said, we are both promoted by Al. You got to call Al. But that's the problem there. That they have to call out. You know, you have to put the pressure on the promoter. You're the fighter. You're the commodity. You're the product. If they don't have you as a product to sell to these networks, nobody's going to make money. And I fault Sean Porter in that regards because he should be taking this beef up with the powers that be in PBC and Al Heyman. He needs to be taking it to them, being frustrated with them, saying, I need a big fight. I need to fight so and so. Now, if these said fighters turn those fights down, that's another story. but the way that Sean Porter is going about getting these fights bra it's 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 not working we're not We're not behind you because that way what you did that Saturday night was just really bad. You seem really desperate uh to get a fight that a lot of people just aren't interested in, and you know the first fight with him and Keith Thurman was. I'll openly admit. It was interesting. It was a good it was a good fight. But is it something that I need to relive again? Uh, I mean, I, I'm not going to discourage it, but it's also one of those things I'm not going to uh, you know, to go out of my way to go watch again. It it's one of those things if it happens, great. If it doesn't, great. I don't think, you know, the boxing world will really um we won't cry if we never see these two guys fight again against each other. I don't think it would be that big of a deal if it didn't happen. But, you know, you have you have this that's going on right now that Sean Porter needs to fight. And who's gonna fight him? Now, he's made it clear he doesn't wanna fight Earl Spencer Jr. He doesn't want that fight. Now the reasoning behind that I don't know, I don't get it. Um, so it is what it is. Kind of a kind of a punk move on his part, you know, he's calling out Keith Thurman and now calling out Danny Garcia. But, you know, Earl Spitz is going to need an opponent here when he fights uh, later this summer, you know, when he's going to be fighting down in Dallas. You know, why not jump in there and get that fight? But he's, he seems more focused on getting a piece of either Danny Garcia or Keith Thurman. I don't get it. So we put the question Face radio poll up. And the question was fairly simple. After the events here on Saturday night, which opponent do you want to see Sean Porter face next? And the options were Keith Thurman, Earl Smith Jr., or Danny Garcia. Or the fourth option is you had no interest in Sean Porter. The voting was kind of strange. Uh, the, the poll is still up right now on Twitter, so just go to my Twitter page, Brandon p 2 tf uh, Initially, it was extremely even. Uh, initially, it was uh, 20% for each fighter and then 40% for no interest. But then the, the numbers kind of got a little bit skewed. So the numbers right now are are, are standing as this. Only 7% of boxing fans have any interest in seeing the rematch with Keith Thurman, which to me is a very telltale sign of what people think of both Sean Porter and Keith Thurman. Neither one of these guys are particularly um, loved or liked right now by the boxing public. Unfortunately, it just is what it is. So there's that. So 7% for Keith Thurman. Another strange number here that I thought, only 27% for Earl Spence Jr. Now, we all love Earl Spence Jr. One would think we'd want to see that fight, but styles make fights. We don't know if that fight style-wise would be aesthetically pleasing, given Sean Porter's particular style. But, you know, it could be interesting because Porter lost to the guy, Kell Brook, who lost to Earl Spence. You know, so they had that goal between. They had that gauge against each other. Uh, one lost to Brooke, one beat Brook. You know, why not face each other? But only 27% of the fight fans want to see that fight. But then in a tie, 33% of the fight fans want to see him face Danny Garcia. Another 33% want to see him uh, have no interest in him. Uh, it's kind of a strange dynamic that, you know, either fans want to see you fight somebody or have no interest in you at all. You know, when you have a third of the votes saying they have no interest in you at all, that's not a good number. A third of the flight fans were, got, got turned off by what you did here on Saturday night. So with that being said, I got to do this. So it to play. Come on. Yeah, the sound effects didn't even want to go and give you the loser horn, but Sean Porter, I got to give you the loser horn because you can't just go out uh, and, and start trying to rampage and buck events. Uh, you can't be uh, running up on fighters backstage, uh, interrupting their, their press conference. The man literally pulled up a chair and sat next to Keith Thurman while Keith Thurman was talking uh, to the public, and it pretty much starts into Keith Thurman and Sean Porter doing a and a against one another, um, which was very, very strange to see. It was entertaining to see, but... Just very strange. Um, And and speaking of Keith Thurman, I can't let him completely off the hook either. We don't know when he's going we know he's going to be fighting again. We know he's got a date, but we don't know who he's going to be facing at this juncture. And he didn't know either. And that's something he made clear when talking backstage on Saturday night. He he didn't know. And he really didn't care that people were upset with him. He really didn't seem to care that, you know, there's kind of a growing fear that – that uh, he's holding the belt hostage or something there at 147. Um, it's a shame – hang on, I'm actually confirming to make sure time is still going to come on. But it's a shame that, you know, a guy that was once the hunter has become the hunted, and he just has no interest in it. And, you know, he's accepted that he understands that he did admit to say um, – that it is it is weird for him uh, to be the hunted instead of the hunter. Uh, he understands where a lot of these young fighters are coming from. Um, he understands that um, they want their shot. But, you know, Keith Thurman has honestly said it. It's, you know, he's now the champion. He's going to move at his pace. Uh, he's coming off of injury. He's You know, he said something he said to Sean Porter. Uh, you know, he fought him hurt. He fought Danny Garcia while recovering. And, you know, he just wanted to make sure he was 100% healthy. Um, it's it's a sad state um, that this is where you know the division is at. You know, people are saying how rich and how deep 147 is. It's really not. In theory, when you really look at it, the the bigger picture, uh, the division isn't as deep as we would like it to be. Uh, there's a few fighters, but really, once you kind of get past those champions, there's not a real solid core of contenders for these titles to fight. Which is why a lot of us are clamoring for. Title unifications, we want to see champion versus champion. We want to see that because there's not enough contenders to go around for all these uh, champions to be defending their titles against and make competitive fights, and that's a shame. But that's where we're at now with 147. We really don't have any more clarification than that. Um, We know um, – so we'll have Tom Leffler on here in about 12 minutes. Uh, So he'll be right on here at um, 15 after the hour. Uh, but we really don't have no clarification in regards to 147. I mean, we have, you know, Jeff Horn, who's a titleist, uh, who's going to more than likely get his soul snatched by Terrence Crawford. But on the same regards, we don't know how good Terrence Crawford's going to be moving up in weight. You know, as much as he shined and looked great and you know, at 140, you still have to wonder how a fighter's going to look in their new weight class and how they get acclimated to it. So we have that aspect of it. Manny Pacquiao's still around, which is a shame. <laughs> Keith Thurman's not wanting to fight people. He's injured. Earl Spence is the boogeyman, and no one's wanting to fight him. Um, you, so it, it's a shame that all these titles are being held up. Uh, we're not seeing the best fight the best, and even still then, you know, once Terence Crawford wins the championship, or even if Jeff Horn was the one uh, and retain the title for that matter, we're not going to more than likely see a PBC-promoted fighter versus uh, a top rank associated fighter anytime soon, unless it's mandated. We just won't see it happen. So It's a shame, but that's where we're at here at 147. Uh, And now Danny Garcia is a, I guess, a mandatory or maybe the number two ranked contender uh, now for the WBC with still Sean Porter being the mandated. Very odd state, very uncomfortable state as a boxing fan uh, here at 147. Just don't like it, don't like the way things are going there. But hopefully, again, we get some clarification uh, once Keith Thurman fights and he feels that he's more comfortable um, coming back from injury. A couple of other quick notes here uh, before we have our next guest on the line, Tom Leffler. Uh, if you're listening to the show live here on Wednesday night, there will be a um, Golden Boy card here on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes, Thursday night, February 22nd, headlined by Joseph Diaz, Jr. Uh, for Jojo Diaz, you know, it is a um, – I think he's fighting for one of the alphabet minor titles uh defending a minor title here in the featherweight division. Uh, he's kind of still waiting around and seeing what's going to happen uh, with Gary Russell Jr., that's the fight that he wants. I think he's Gary Russell's mandatory, but Gary Russell doesn't like having opponents be named, so we don't know if and when we'll see Gary Russell fight again. I know Gary Russell has been aiming after some of the other champions there in the featherweight division that don't really seem all that interested in fighting him, which is sort of funny in the in the realm of things if you kind of think about it. You know, he's a champion, and the other champions he's not even on their radar. Um, which is funny and sad all in one, but it's boxing. Uh, Lee Selby is one of the other titleists. Uh, Abner Marez and Leonardo Silva Cruz will be fighting each other uh, for the one of the versions of the WBA title. The WBA has technically three champions. They have Santa Cruz, who's recognized as being the champion. You have Agner Marez, who's re- recognized to be the regular champion. And then he, he's just raw as well uh, as looked upon as being the interim champion so a bunch of titles for the wba um you know obviously um oscar valdez wbo champion he's a top-ranked fighter uh so we won't be seeing him fighting um gary russell jr and soon i know gary russell is still interested in wanting a rematch with the saudi lamanchenko but he's gonna have to chase him up and wait to go catch him weird state weird weird situation in regards to that division but you know, Diaz is going to get a stay-busy stay fight here uh, Thursday night. Uh, that'll be from Indio, California. Again, that's going to be on ESPN2 and ESPN Deportes. Also featured on the card is another uh, prospect that I know Gold Boy's really high on, Virgil Ortiz Jr. Uh, he'll be in an eight-round bout here in the junior welterweight division. Um, yeah, so there you go. So they've got some some uh, prospects that they are building up and trying to get more shine on uh, here for Golden Boy. I'm assuming if Diaz is able to be successful to win here, uh, he's got to be a part of some portion of uh, Cinco de Mayo weekend, a part of that card, whether it's going to be on the pay for you portion. I don't know if um, Golden Boy is going to do a card the Friday night before the fights like they did last year uh, during Cinco de Mayo weekend, if they'll have that uh, fight card aired then on the ESPN. Um, you know, one would think they probably, well, actually they are. They, I'm looking here at ESPN schedule, they have the schedule there. He may headline that card, you know, if they can get Gary Russell Jr. a part of that pay-per-view and made that would be great as well. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Diaz. Uh, good kid. It's just unfortunate that the politics of boxing and people just not really wanting to fight the best is going to kind of get him pushed back from getting an opportunity to fight um, for a belt that he is now the mandatory of. So, hey man, it's boxing. Shit gets always weird uh, when it comes to that. So, we'll see. But, I know the fight fans are really hyped about this weekend's card, Superfly 2. Uh, another tremendous job done by Tom Leffler. Tom Leffler wears a mini hats, folks, and we we got to definitely uh, show love and homage to him. You know, same way with Kathy Duba. Uh, when you have good people in boxing, you know, they put out good energy. Um, good energy comes back to them, and that's something that's going on right now uh, with Tom Leffler. Uh, my man does Stills for K2. Uh, he's, you know, helping uh, Gennady Golovkin with his promotions. He's now got 360 promotions as well. We're going to ask him a couple questions about that. Uh, obviously, we're going to get in one Gennady Golovkin question. that's very personal to me, but uh, we'll talk about that. But it's a stacked card here uh, this Saturday night. Uh, so I'm going to say this now so I'm not, you know, make sure I'm not trying to sell the point, but I want to sell the point home. Uh, if you're in the Inglewood area there in Los Angeles, uh, California, I can't stress this part enough. Uh, If you're in that area, make sure you contact Ticketmaster uh, to see what tickets are still available. I think there's a handful of tickets left at $30. There's some $60 seats. There's even a handful of floor seats available from what I'm understanding. Uh, So, it's boxing fans, go out and support this, um, because this is a great series that Tom has helped put on and putting together, and and something that I'm definitely going to talk to him more about, but... Uh, definitely there's a few seats still available, so definitely uh, reach out if you're, they're going to be in the California area because you're going to be getting several title fights. So I'm going to practice the name before he comes on. Uh, so we've got the main event of uh, Sor Runginzai versus Juan Francisco Estrada. That's going to be for WBC strap. Um, also featuring Lacard is pretty much a title eliminator for the winner of the uh, Runginzai estrada fight. Uh, Carlos Quandris versus McWilliams Arroyo. They're fighting for WBC silver title. So, in essence, they're going to be fighting to get a crack at the winner of the main event. Um, you also have Donnie uh, Nietes versus Juan Carlos Revico. That's going to be for IBF Strap. Uh, so, those are the three fights you're going to get on the actual televised portion of Superfly on HBO this Saturday. And then uh, Brian Valeria, Brian v- I know I'm going to mess up the Hawaiian Punch, man. Hawaiian Punch, uh, he's going to be fighting for a uh, WBA title. Uh, That'll be airing on Wing TV. Uh, So wingtv.com is actually going to be streaming uh, some of the uh, preliminary fights. So big weekend uh, here on HBO. Uh, Fight fans, again, man, we're we're kind of getting getting a little bit spoiled. Now, I will say this. uh, We didn't get – I mean, this past weekend's fights weren't horrible. Uh, I don't think they were as well as – action package wheel of light. Uh, I will say, you know, the groves Bay Jr. fight was competitive when it was clearly a fight that Groves was controlling and winning. The Fox card was awful. Let's oh, call it what it is. And then, you know, we had the, the two good knockouts on Showtime. So, you know, it's good to see uh, that we're still getting steady boxing. And then, like I said, we got fights this weekend uh, here with Superfly 2. Next weekend, we have the aforementioned Sergey Kovalev card on HBO. Uh, two title fights there. And then uh, we have the heavyweight championship fight in Brooklyn that will be on Showtime. So we got that coming up next weekend. Uh, so a lot of boxing in a short amount of time. Uh, but we like that. This is what this is what helps keep the sport hot. Um, and then also that same weekend, Kel uh, Brook will be making his return, uh, fighting at 154. So that will be interesting to see. So we'll also talk about that on next week's show uh, with Adam Abramowitz. So a lot of boxing. A lot of interesting parts. I am really interested to see uh, get um, Adam's take next week on uh, Kell Brook moving up to 154. Um, uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out uh, for him uh, going forward. But hey, good to see Kell Brook still winning the fight. Let's still hope that Amir Khan bout is something that can be a reality uh, before 2018 is out. While these guys are still um, still with someone in their prime, still relevant in the sport. You know, kind of the same way like I said with the Ortiz and Rio's fight. We need fights, these world matches to happen. Um, doesn't have to be for a title. Doesn't have to be in a huge venue. Um, it just needs to happen. And just needs to happen, folks. It's just it is what it is with that. It's one of those things that needs to happen. So we shall see. But as always, again, if you're a first time listening to the show, make sure you follow me on Twitter, branding P2TF. Also follow the co-host Adam Romovich at SN Boxing. Also read his pieces he has at SaturdayNightBoxing.com. He definitely has a um, retrospective look uh, every week after the fights happen, so it's no different this week. Uh, Some retrospective looks in regards to the cards that went down here on Fox, uh, the World Boxing Super Series, and the Showtime cards. So shout-out to Adam Abramowitz. So, again, SaturdayNightBoxing.com. You can read those stories there from Adam. And as well, I also want to encourage you to go to uh, Fight Hub, I don't know, if the, I think it's fighthub.com, or just go follow them on Twitter, FightHub. Uh, that's where you'll be able to see a lot of the interviews, uh, a lot of footage interview uh, backstage between Keith Thurman and Sean Porter from this past Saturday. Uh, brilliant work by them, so shout out to Fight Hub. Uh, make sure you go and check them out and, and watch those videos there. It's uh, quite comical uh, to see the exchanges between Keith Thurman and, and Sean Porter. Keith Thurman kept us cool while Sean Porter was clearly getting frustrated, so shout out uh, to fight hub, so make sure you uh, check those videos out there. Um, catch up on those. So there's that. So, oh, so we'll be uh, joined here a few moments here by Tom Leffler here of K2 Promotions, uh, Triple G Promotions, and 360 Promotions. Like I said, man, Tom wears the many hats and he wears them well. Uh, busy, one of the busier men here in boxing. So we appreciate him taking out the time here during fight week um, to talk Superfly 2 here with us. So. He'll be joining us here in a mere seconds. we uh, We'll also try to get some calls in here after uh, we have Tom Leffler on the show. Uh, so we'll try to get those in before we end the program tonight. I had a couple of DMs uh, wanting to know if they can call in. So we'll try to get some calls in here uh, after we have Tom on. So uh, I know some boxing fans uh, have some a couple of things they want to get off their chest, so we'll try to get some calls in here um, a little bit later before we end the program tonight. So yeah yeah so that that's that's what we got going as we await time for calling in so yeah huh. all right, so yeah, so yeah, so, like I said, we got that here this weekend, uh we got so we have fights here on uh, thursday night uh with on e s p and then we have the cards here on Saturday, no unfortunately nothing here this Friday on um any platforms here in the States that do think there is some boxing internationally, maybe on, um, I think there's a card on BNTV, that not everyone actually has that network. I don't have it a part of my cable package. So, unfortunately for fight fans, I don't know what to tell you here for uh, Friday night. Go out, go watch Black Panther, go catch a movie of some sorts. But I don't believe uh, there's any card on Friday that comes on regular television. I think there's a card on Telemundo. Um, Yeah, Jonathan uh, Gonzalez, huh? Another flyweight. Jonathan Gonzalez actually fighting in Kissimmee, Florida, on Telemundo on Friday. That's interesting. So, yeah, maybe if you do, check your local um, cable setup provider to see if you have Telemundo uh, to watch that fight. I don't believe I have that, but that's something I will try to check out. Uh, is, you know, we talk flyweights. Uh, Gonzalez is still a relevant guy, I believe, there in the division. So it will be interesting to see if um, he picks up a win and kind of gets himself... Back in the mix here in regards to when we say flyweights and talk about all these guys uh, that um, they come, on, they are uh, able to come on. So right now we will be joined here in mere moments. Uh, just got another text I here. I was going to be joining us here literally seconds from now uh, to talk superfly two here on Punch the Face Radio. Again, and make sure if you're in a first time listener, you're subscribing on Twitter and uh, that Twitter on iTunes. Uh, just search Punch the Number to the Face. Also Stitcher Radio, uh, Punch to the Face. Subscribe, therefore, you never miss an episode. You never miss some of these interviews we have with some of the uh, top names and movers and shakers in boxing. Uh, tonight's no different, man. We're in you with two uh, two big dogs in, in boxing. You know, we start off the show with Kathy Duba of Main Events. We're closing the night here with Tom Leffler of 360 Promotions, K2, Triple G. You know, you, you know what he's a part of. So, I mean, we're trying our best here, at Punch the Face Radio, to bring uh, you the voices of boxing that you want to hear. And like I said, tonight's no different. Uh, you get to hear my voice all the time, too, so make sure you're subscribing uh, if you're a, a first-time listener. Uh, again, to, uh, iTunes, Puts to the Face, uh, Puts the Face Radio on iTunes, also the same on Stitcher for my Android users who don't have Apple iTunes podcast. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, this is what we do. Uh, we do know uh, we got a couple of Roy Jones Jr. Um, promoted fighters who will join the show in April. Um, obviously, Adam Abramma wants to be on here next week. Uh, no clue really after that. March is wide open, so March is going to be a fun month for us uh, here on the show. Uh, we're lining up some things to do some giveaways. We're also lining up some things in regards to Cinco de Mayo weekend. Now, Cinco de Mayo weekend can be very fun for boxing fans, um, so there's something that I am cooking up in regards to Punch the Face Radio this year for Cinco de Mayo, and it's going to be an associate, associated with... Uh, Canelo, Triple G, Part 2. But it's going to depend on where the fight is at. I can't stress that part enough. So uh, In the coming weeks, we're going to get more details on what we're going to have going on here with Punch the Face Radio and Cinco de Mayo Weekend to enhance your boxing experience and the show experience. Uh, Cinco de Mayo Weekend, hopefully Las Vegas, we'll maybe get some clarification uh, when we get Tom here on the air. But we are working on something. We're cooking up something that could be big For for listeners, so I can't stress enough. Make sure you're subscribing to the show, make sure you listen to the show every week. There'll be details in regards to some giveaways for uh, Triple G Canelo Part Two, hopefully in Vegas Cinco de Mayo weekend. I pray to God it's in in Vegas Cinco de Mayo weekend. We know the date, we know the fighters, we just don't know the location. So we're working on it. So hang tight, boxing fans. Uh, We're here to deliver you uh, the people. What's, what you want. So that's so what we do here on Punch of the Face Radio. So definitely we have some of the big plans for Cinco de Mayo weekend. Uh, I think it's a national boxing holiday as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's really two days that are synonymous, two weekends are minus, synonymous with boxing. Cinco de Mayo, the Mexican Independence Day weekend is September. So it's only fitting that we're going to try to do something to give back to our loyal fans and listeners to Punch the Face Radio during those time frames. So you know, just like I said, man, we appreciate those who listen in, who, who tune in, who subscribe, who help uh, support the movements, help support the show to where we want to get back here uh, those particular weekends. So, Cinco de Mayo is going to be the first weekend we're going to try to do a major get back here for our listeners and fans and boxing. So, I'm going to say just stay tuned, man. This is a nice kind of an appetizer of some things we got cooking up uh, here in regards to the show. So, hang tight. We literally just got a text message saying Tom is coming right up. Um, uh, so you know, forgive me for the filler time that we're doing here, but uh when you got Tom Leffler calling in, you you gonna kinda of fill some time when need be. But he's calling in now. So right now we have a man who wears, like I said, many hats, K two promotions, triple G promotions, and three sixty promotions. Big fight this weekend here going down on HBO live from the forum in Inglewood, California. So ladies and gentlemen, our guest, Tom Leffler, man. Tom, how you doing?
1: It's great to be uh, back on the show. Um, you know, we're really excited. We're right in the middle of fight week right now. We just had the, the media the media day today for the training. Um, you know, it's great when you have a show like this, but uh, there's so many international fighters uh, on this show, you know, coming, so Arungasai is from Thailand, uh, Arroyo is from Puerto Rico, Quadras and Estrada are from Mexico, um, Galachians from Ukraine, uh, Nietes is from the Philippines. I mean, there's so many... Uh, international guys that uh, you know once they're all they all arrive we even have uh Louise Houghton from, uh, from all the way from Australia so you know when they're all here in in town or in Los Angeles then uh, it gives the fight fans you know when they see the videos they see the photos of them planning uh, we're gonna have the press conference tomorrow I mean that's when uh, the the excitement is really building for this uh, superfly show on Saturday
2: Well, I know boxing fans, you know, via social media have been saying, you know, the last couple of weeks they are hyped, they are ready for this card. Uh, For you, you know, how surprised are you that, you know, boxing fans who we all know can be extremely fickle have taken to these smaller weight class fighters and these guys are now even major stars here in America. Hello? And these fight cars. Oh.
1: Um, it was breaking up a little bit, but I think I, I heard most of the question. Um, you know, the, the fight fans are just reacting to the quality of this show and the quality of the matchups. Um, you know, it's no secret formula uh, for boxing fans. You know, if you put on a good quality product, you put on world championship caliber fights and fighters um, that are willing to fight each other, you know, at the top of their divisions and, price it reasonably. I mean, we have $30 tickets for the form in the lower bowl. These aren't seats way up in the rafters. These are lower bowl seats for $30. I mean, this is, this is what the fight fans uh, respond to. We should break, uh, the attendance that we set for the Superfly one, you know, which was driven by Taco Tito who, uh, had a, you know, a great fan who has a great fan following. And in a way, you know, that was his debut. And, you know, I was sitting down with Peter Nelson at HBO saying, uh, you know, how are we going to outdo ourselves for, for the first Superfly show since, uh, you know, we don't really have, you know, the machine, the popularity that uh, Tito had become. And, uh, you know, when we were able to put on three world title fights and put on, you know, Quadros versus Arroyo for the silver title, I mean, that's what the fans have have responded to. And, and uh, you know, since Chocolatito opened the door uh, on HBO and really in the United States to to put the spotlight on these lighter divisions, you know, really brings back, the heyday of uh, boxing at the forum when uh, Traquita Gonzalez fought Michael Carbajal. And uh, this is really kind of a throwback show to uh, all those great cards that the forum uh, had put on in, in those days. And, and uh, that's what the fans are uh, are looking forward to.
2: Fully agree. I, I, I got to say that I really believe a fight that I think is going to maybe still the show uh, for the IBF strap, uh, Donnie, and the Yetes versus Juan Carlos Rebico. I think it's a fight that has the potential to be the fight of the night. Uh, It's definitely going to be one of those that I think is going to get a lot of eyes on it. Uh, You know, when you're putting together a card that has so many different fighters from so many parts of the world, you know, how difficult is it to work with various different promoters to to get everybody to agree to come together for another massive card like this, you know, come Saturday night? You
1: know, I'll tell you, Brandon, it's – I have a good relationship with all the promoters, um, that are on the show. Um, if you offer a reasonable amount of money, uh, and the exposure, uh, naturally the hook is, uh, you know, they get the exposure of being on HBO. Uh, Donnie Nietes, I mean, as you mentioned, that, that's a great matchup. In fact, in the beginning, I, I forgot to mention, uh, uh, Juan Carlos Revico from Argentina, two-time world champion is fighting, uh, you know, Donnie Nietes for his IBF title. So, um, when, when you have all these people coming in uh, internationally, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. you got to make deals with all the th- different promoters representing the individual fighters and you should see the international telecast that we're working out with HBO. I mean, we have three different stations. The, the The interest is so big in these fights. We have three different stations in the Philippines showing showing the fights. We have three different stations in Mexico showing the fight. We have two two different channels in uh, Argentina showing the fights. We have, uh, you know, Ukraine is showing the, the in fight, and then actually all the other countries around the world that are uh, that are going to show the fight, the U.K., uh, Japan. So a lot of moving parts, but that's, you know, that's all uh, involved in putting this, uh, this type of a, a show together for the fans. The fans are the ones that really uh, are the winners uh, on this type of show because they get to see this type of world-class talent flying in from all over the world. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of moving parts for us, a lot more logistics. But uh, that's what we're used to doing with all the Triple G fights, with the critical fights that we've been involved in, with the Chocotito fights. You know, we're used to these big international shows. And, uh, you know, this is just one more step uh, and one more show in, in that direction.
2: Now, is this is this going to be something we're going to see a continuous series of? Are we going to have the potential effect of Superfly 3 later this year? If you know everything, obviously the fans... Uh, they're coming out, they're going to see it, you know, live. We, I honestly think you're going to do good numbers in regards to viewership come Saturday night on HBO. Is this something that we can possibly see an a ongoing trend that if the fighters deliver and the fight fans want to see it, that we're going to see a Superfly 3 possibly before the year is out?
1: Well, I sure hope so. Uh, you know, the Superfly, the first
2: Superfly show was tremendously successful.
1: This one, you know, based on the ticket sales, usually you can, you can judge ratings, you know, television ratings based on the the ticket sale demand. And, uh, you know, these ticket sales that right now they're, they're pacing to, to outsell uh, the first Superfly show. So that means that the HBO rating should be strong. And whenever you can get a great crowd, you know, and strong TV ratings, there's no reason why HBO shouldn't continue it. But, uh, you uh, you know, I'll definitely be pushing HBO and Peter Nelson if everything goes successfully to try to do uh, another show and, and the great thing is As I mentioned You know These guys are willing To fight each other You got uh, You got Rungasai Fighting Estrada Which are clearly Now that Inouye moved up Clearly the number one And number two guys In the division I mean you'll never see that Or not never But you don't see that Right now in the welterweight division You don't see it In the heavyweight division You know it's uh, But in the flyweight division Super flyweight division They're willing to fight each other Because they know They don't get a lot of Opportunities like this Even uh, Nietes and Revico I mean those are Those are two top five guys in the flyweight division fighting each other. So, um, you know, I, the, the fans, the boxing fans recognize the quality of talent on, on this show, especially the Hispanic fans in, in the city of Los Angeles and Southern California. You know, this this is a treat for them seeing Quadras uh, versus Arroyo, you know, that classic Mexico versus Puerto Rico matchup. And then actually Estrada challenging Sorungasai you know, for the WBC title of Estrada, beats uh, Sissoket and is able to bring that WBC title back to Mexico then you know he's going to be a hero down there in Mexico and right now uh uh with that huge win over Chocotito in in September he's a national hero in Thailand so we have a big Thai community here in Los Angeles they're going to be, be out you know this will really be one of those soccer atmospheres where everyone's going to have a lot of flags from all the international countries and uh uh, you know, I, I really predict, Brandon, I, my prediction is out of those four fights,
2: I think we could see
1: at least two candidates for fight of the year uh, just from this one show
2: alone. Agreed. We also want to make sure the fans know that they're going to be able to see the preliminary card that's going to have the title fight on it on it itself uh, at Ring TV. So uh, make sure you go watch Ring TV uh, before the card starts on HBO because you're going to be able to see a WBA title fight there as well. Brian Valoria versus uh, Artem Gerlachian.
1: Uh, uh, is an undefeated fighter from Ukraine. You know, I have a little bit of experience with the uh, Ukrainian fighters having worked with uh, both the Klitschko brothers, you know, during their championship reign. So, you know, they have a, a tremendous amateur program in Ukraine. Um, he's challenging for the vacant WBA title. Uh, and actually Brian Beloria is a fan favorite out here in Los Angeles. If he wins, he'll be a five time world champion. So there's a lot on the line for Brian Beloria. And this card is so, uh, so full top to bottom that, uh, you know, the HBO triple header, uh, that, that that's definitely an HBO caliber fight. But um, because we have the HBO triple header, the, as you mentioned, that's going to be on ringtv.com. That's probably the best matchup that we've seen so far on Ring TV. I mean, we have a great working relationship uh, with them, with uh, uh, Doug Fisher, the editor over there at, uh, at Ring Magazine, and, and David Tetro, um, you know, who runs uh, Ring TV. So uh, we're excited that uh, the fans. Not only get to see the Valoria versus the Delachian fight, but all the undercard fights so they're going to stream on uh, RingTV.com. So that's a uh, that's a treat for the fighters, you know, to get the exposure from the form uh, that uh, that aren't going to be on the HBO triple header, and uh, really for the fans to see uh, the preliminary fights uh, uh, from from the form.
2: Now, like I said, man, you, you wear a lot of hats. You know, we've got this card here this weekend, but you're also <laughs> going to have your yeah. first card here with 360. Uh, promotions to where, you know, you're going to have your first show come March, uh, this all 360 uh, promotions. You know, what is your envision for that going forward? I know that's going to be kind of a, a club or house show to kind of help, you know, build and, and grow young fighters. Uh, but, you know, what what was your envision when you said, you know what, I want to start this, I want to run this 360. What was the envision with that?
1: You know, the vision is uh, I had so many fighters uh, contacting me, you know, wanting to work. They, they saw the success we've had with Triple G, with uh, the Klitschko Brothers, uh, with Tito, you know, uh, all all these uh, fighters have really risen to the top of the sport of boxing, and we really didn't have the platforms. We we were doing the big shows, but we weren't doing that many fights, maybe three or four, you know, big shows uh, a year. But, um, you know, with, with with this series that we're starting, it's going to be an LA-based series, um, and uh, we'll make the official announcement on, uh, on Friday, but uh, it will be March 27th will be the first show, and this will allow me... Sign uh, more fighters, develop more talent, and then to reach that level where they, you know, they can reach the HBO uh, stage and and display their talent. And uh, that's what we're that's what we're uh, uh, excited about. All
2: right, now I have to get you out of here on a few Triple G questions because the fans would kill me if I didn't ask <laughs> this. Now, um, the fans can have even... a can't have a conversation without talking about triple g right (laughs) yeah yeah so we now know there's going to be we know the the data set we we know who his opponent's going to be it's going to be the rematch right um but you know the first questions fans want to know and and i kind of personally want to know this because well i bought tickets uh in flight um where when will we know where the location is going to be at now we've heard some rumblings of denati not really being all that keen on going back to Vegas, kind of given the fact that he got jerked last year, let's just call it what it is, uh, that, you know, other destinations have been looked at, you know, when will we have an idea, Spite fans, when it's going to be made official, the location here for the rematch? We
1: should be making an announcement together with Golden Boy, I think
2: either tomorrow or Friday. Um, we've been going through all the different,
1: uh, you know, locations with Eric Gomez. Um, you know, look, I just want to be clear that the, you know, we had a great time in Vegas. Um, the Klitschko brothers have fought in Vegas before. We just did that uh, that uh, show with Orlando Salido up there at the Mandalay Bay. Um, you know, and, and when uh, Triple G was up there during fight week, you know, he, he was uh, his host hotel was Mandalay Bay. Uh, MGM was hosting uh, the Canelo team and and was the host hotel for for the fight, and everything was great. T-Mobile is a fantastic arena. It's just until, you know, everything was great up there in Vegas until we got the decision. And, uh, you know, I'm glad you recognize it, like 90% of the fans, that, uh, you know, we clearly thought uh, Triple G won the fight. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm sure Canelo and, and Golden Boy have a different take on it. So that's why, you know, this, this rematch has come about. The fans really demanded the rematch. Uh, the first time I heard Canelo getting booed um, when he was doing the interview and, you know, whether it was his style or, or whether uh, it was a decision, uh, the fans definitely weren't happy. Uh, with it, it, it certainly being in Vegas at that time and in September was a was a pro Canelo crowd. Probably 60% of the fans were for Canelo, and and uh, you can see a lot of them turn uh, based on um, you know they just didn't feel uh, that he fought the way he said he was going to fight. This time he says he's going to knock out Triple G, and uh, you know there's uh, <laughs> only one way to get a knockout. You actually got to stand and fight and uh, and try to go for the knockout. So uh, I think it'll be an exciting rematch. Uh, I'm sure. Canelo and his uh, his corner are going to make adjustments. Uh, uh, Triple G and Abel Sanchez are going to make adjustments. and uh, I really think uh, as exciting as the first fight was, but at the same time as controversial as the scoring was, I think we'll see a, a tremendous event coming up uh, Cinco de Mayo
2: weekend. I hope so, and for that, that, that reason, I hope it's in Vegas. I'm not not going to make you leak anything before you need to, but <laughs> I, I pray it's in Vegas because some of my tickets are not refundable, so I can get work. <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, I, you know, it's pretty hard to beat Cinco de Mayo weekend in uh, in Las Vegas it's, it's pretty much become a, a boxing holiday um, So, you know, we'll see, uh, you know, how that official announcement uh, goes But, uh, you know, for these big fights, uh, I know Madison Square Garden uh, They've definitely put in a huge offer They've actually uh, put in an offer that exceeded uh, the gate that we generated the first fight If you can imagine, we did the third highest gate mm. in boxing history and that's with two non-american fighters that's with uh Triple G from Kazakhstan Canelo from Mexico and uh you know it's it's the third highest gate that's where, that's behind Floyd and Pacquiao and and uh, Floyd and uh and Conor McGregor so uh when you have that kind of a mix and uh that type of an excitement um you know it's hard to beat Vegas although like I said MSG put together an offer that actually beat you know that that gate so you know it's it's not easy making a decision that. Um, you know, we're just going to uh, finalize it with, uh, with Golden Boy, and uh, hopefully by tomorrow uh, or Friday we'll have the official announcement for you.
2: Well, good deal. Okay. I, I feel kind of reading between some lines there. I'm feeling a little bit more confident about my decision. But, hey, we'll get the official announcement at the end of this week. And I'll be <laughs> fine with that. Now, in the meantime, man, I know you've got a lot on your plate here this week with Fight Week here for Superfly 2. Again, Fight fans, if you're living in the Los Angeles area, you're going to be traveling there. Uh, make sure you go to Ticketmaster.com. Uh, search Superfly 2. There are a few tickets still available. Go see it live. And if you can't, be like me while I'm here in the Midwest during an ice storm. Set and enjoy it live on HBO, and make sure you also watch the freedoms <laughs> on ringtv.com. Yeah, I, I'm suffering through an ice storm right now, so I couldn't even make I it out if I to.
1: We got fans flying in from across the country because of you know they saw how great of a show the Superfly 1 uh, show was. So they're coming in from across the country. We got great you know, not to not to throw any <laughs> snow on your parade, but we got uh, blue skies and sunshine here in Southern California. So we're looking forward for everyone, uh, all the fight fans coming in to the uh, into California.
2: That makes me feel great, Tom. To hear that you're you're enjoying the sun while I'm here, <laughs> uh, twenty out. degree you weather You can in thaw street. out during Cin-
1: <laughs> Cinco de Mayo. You can thaw out when uh, when it warms up a little bit. <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Well, Tom Leffler, we appreciate you taking the time. Like I said, we know you're busy, man. Uh, best of luck this weekend with the fights because we know you're going to have a great card there. And Also, best of luck with 360 promotions because I think that's going to be big. And anytime we have good promoters in the sport wanting to help out the fighters and giving them a platform, that's always going to be good for the boxing business. So God bless you for that, and thank you for taking up the time here on the show.
1: I appreciate that. Thanks for having me on, brother.
2: All right. Thank you. Okay. Again, man. Big thank you to the uh, the man of many hats, Tom Leffler of K2 Promotions, Triple G Promotions, and now 360 Promotions as well. Uh, Superfly 2 goes down here this weekend, Saturday night live on HBO, and as well you'll be able to watch the preliminary card, ringtv.com. Uh, also, man, make sure you follow Tom on Twitter. Uh, he does a lot of uh, a lot of. He's just there for the people, you know. He does a lot of videos um, where he, that he posts. Uh, he did a uh, Periscope this past weekend. Uh, Out at the track, working out with uh uh, Douglas Fisher of Ring uh, Magazine, Um, they kind of did some Q and A, talked about the fights, and talked about just boxing in general. Uh, They gave share some thoughts on what they had seen uh, promote this past week in boxing. So make sure you follow Tom on Twitter, Tom Leffler, and then the number one, and also uh, 360 Boxing is 360 box 360 box promos. Uh, on Twitter, so let me make sure I get that right. Uh, It is, yes, it is 360 Boxing Promo, so make sure you follow uh, his new promotional company that he's working with, and again, man, house shows uh, out there in L.A., it's good to see that it's going to be another platform for young fighters to get uh, an opportunity to not only uh, fight and get exposure, uh, but just an opportunity just to fight, because far too many fighters are not active enough, and, hey, man, I think they'll be in good hands with Tom Leffler, uh, he's been in the boxing business, very well respected, very very well connected. So appreciate Tom uh, taking out the time here on the show. Um, so, yeah, so that that's a good thing to hear. That we're going to get in a formal announcement here this week in regards to not only his first show with 360 Boxing, uh, his first official uh, standalone uh, show that they're going to have out there with three, uh, 360 uh, Boxing uh, promotions. Uh, and um, we're going to site location, and probably ticket information as well come the end of this week uh, for Gennady Golovkin versus Canelo Part 2. Um, let's hope it's not in New York. <laughs> let's hope it's not in New York. I'm telling fans now, if it's in New York, uh, it can get awkward for me. I will be out in Vegas by myself in Cinco de a weekend. But, hey, nevertheless, we digress. We'll figure it out. But we'll get that announcement here, like you said, later this week. So good to hear from Tom. Good to hear about that. Um... It's like the callers we had in queue decided, hey, we don't want to hang around. But that's okay. Those who did hang around and listen to tonight's show, I do appreciate you hanging out with me here to talk boxing and Punch the Face Radio. I want to thank, again, my guest, Kathy Duva, CEO of, of uh, Main Events. Again, next Saturday, they have their card that will air live on HBO. Sergey Kovalev defending his championship. Uh, we have G- uh, Dimitri uh, Boev versus um, Sullivan Barrera. A uh, big fight. I honestly think it could be a fight of the year candidate because styles make fights. Their styles just don't seem like they mix well. So, therefore, I think it's going to be an actually a good fight. I obviously think the opposite when people say styles make fights and some styles just don't mix. When styles don't mix, I honestly think that makes for better fights. And I think that fight is going to be actually a very good fight. So, thank you to Kathy Dubert for taking up the time here on tonight's show. And then also thank our guest, Tom Leffler. He has a big card here this Saturday live on HBO. We, we often rag on HBO for not having... The quantity of cards compared to a showtime, sometimes it's always quality over quantity. So this weekend, we're getting quality fights. Three fights you're going to see on HBO. The other preliminary cards, including a championship fight, you'll see on RingTV.com. So make sure you go check that out, support them for that. With that being said, I've rented enough here tonight in regards to everything. So again, if you don't know where to follow me at Twitter, BrandonP2TF. Um, punchtheface.com as well. Uh, Also, we have uh, Admiral Bromowitz, who will be back next week, SN Boxing, SaturdayNightBoxing.com as well. Also, make sure you join the Facebook group. We're part of it. We talk boxing. We talk a lot of bullshit as well, but it's fun times. So SN Boxing on Facebook. So join the Facebook group. Be a part part of the conversation. Uh, We welcome all new listeners and viewers in uh, to that uh, as we talk boxing from all aspects of boxing and from everybody across the world. So shout out uh, to everybody at Essence Boxing uh, on the Facebook page. Uh, with that being stated, man, um, yeah, man, it, it's good show tonight. Um, last few minutes here, just want to say, as I say at the end of every show, uh, and I cannot stress this enough in the world we live in. It seems like, like I'm saying this all the time, but I, I can't stress this enough, man. Make sure we love one another out here as we go about our day-to-day life. Uh, stay safe. Stay blessed, people. Um that that's these are words I can't just stress enough, man. I, I just can't stress this enough. And if you're in the Midwest, be safe because like I said, man, we're dealing with all kind of weird weather. So uh, man, until next week, man, I'm I'm hyped, man. Are we uh two championship fights, actually three championship actually we have several championship fights of uh, me and Adam O'Bromo to be talking about. So I'm hyped to have him on. Anytime Adam's on, it's a good show. Um so, um until then, man, this is Brandon Stubbs and well, I'm out.